0: Welcome to another exciting, thrilling episode of uh, Americana, The American Way. And we're going to talk about two things that are no more American, no more part of Americana, if you will, than dating (laughs) and corporate lobbying in Washington, D.C., uh two things you never thought you'd hear in the same sentence, I'm sure. Uh on I'm here on uh so far on YouTube. Uh have Rumble going strong. Parlor is up an atom, although I can use it on my laptop and the app isn't quite working on my phone for some reason. So I don't know. How and why that is, but whatever. If you're on Parlor, you can find me at The Real Big John, all one word. On Rumble, it is uh, Americana, the American way. And on Telegram, it is Americana, the American way. So, what do dating and big big Washington, Washington lobby have in commony? Nothing. <laughs> what? I saw this article where there's a new term in dating. And I, th- I think it mainly applies to online uh, meeting. But uh, the New York Post has this article Everything you need to know about Fauci-ing, the new COVID dating trend. Dr. Fauci, uh, Anthony Fauci, Tony Fauci. What is <laughs> this guy? Oh my gosh! One one world, one worldwide pandemic, and this little rugrat that's been. Sitting behind a desk in Washington for 50 years is now a celebrity, and has uh, uh, become. He's now become a uh, a pop culture term, Fauciing. So (laughs) the article reads: If you get dumped in the next few months, you may. Need to ask yourself, did I just get fauci The new dating trend called Fauci'ing, or to decline to date someone if they don't appear to take the novel virus seriously enough, has begun making waves on the internet. Ah, oh, the internet. The the dating scandalous porn capital of the universe, the internet. Yeah, I was in school back in olden day, 1995. Ye internet was basically born. We had one computer in the school that was connected to the internet. Uh, And And it was uh, the computer science, computer teacher's computer. Uh, There may have been others, but no students had uh, internet access. There was an intranet that, you know, uh, the computer teacher downloaded games and programs and we could get on our intranet within the school and, you know, uh, do things and learn computers. But... So primitive to think back. We were told someday, you know, in the early nineties to that 1995, someday there will be this information super highway where people can share news around the world in the click of a button, you know, uh, was there's was president Taft, I believe at the world's fair, uh, In 1900 something before he was assassinated. Said someday news and information will travel at the click of a finger. Well yeah. (laughs) Porn. Bitching about politics. uh, Scams. uh, Complaining about movies. Destroying the Star Wars genre. Oh movies. Uh, all, anything you want in your life that, uh, suck, you can find on the internet. And that can take on several meanings when we bring up porn. But, uh, and don't watch porn, that's bad, you'll go blind. Anyways, um, The new dating term... Okay, I already read that part. Fouching. This little rugrat is just in his heyday. The term and its definition were coined by the dating app Plenty of Fish. Um, A friend of mine actually met his wife on Plenty of Fish. I have met uh, one transvestite. Did not go out with... The person. I don't know what uh, their preferred pronouns are, so I'll just say the person. Uh, once I found out they were in transition, that was uh, block, delete account. But I had a, a multitude of uh, fake profiles asking me for money on plenty of fish. That was about all I got from that app. But my friend found his wife, so I don't know. I guess, you know, they're batting 500 um well anyways they're so they're dating uh terminologies definitions for the new year which included fauci in its annual list of dating trends to expect in the new year the list released last november warned singles to watch out for masquerading where a potential partner only pretends to care about wearing masks and COVID-19 for the sole purpose of dating you. So this is the new dating uh, scam is uh, we pretend to care about COVID and masks to get the opposite sex to like us. Wow, this society's going to hell in a handbasket quick. Uh, it continues and apocalypsing where you're treated treated very relationship like it treat every relationship like it's your last to get serious to. And that's I don't know what apocalypsing had to do with foucing, but yeah, there are a lot of people that are out for a con who about. Uh, two instant messages into your courtship they start calling you baby and honey and oh I love you we're going to spend our lives together will you send me $50 I don't have food or rent meanwhile they're probably asking 20 other guys for 50 bucks too uh, anyways <clears throat> back to the article in an interview with Axios on HBO now, yeah, Fauci's just like turned into a rock star. Uh, continuing on here, Dr. Anthony Fauci himself was asked about the new trend. Asked, have you heard of Fauciing?" The nation's top infectious disease expert said no, before asking, what does it mean? <laughs> After being told it is defined as Cutting off a relationship if you don't think that that other person is serious enough about social distancing and taking the pandemic seriously, Fauci burst into laughter. I'm going to Fauci you, he he joked, continuing to laugh. (laughs) Uh, So Dr. Fauci is officially... Uh, a rock star. He, it, if you have a a dating terminology or a pop culture uh, reference named after you, that's it. You've achieved rock star status. Uh, in bigger, not such surprising news, uh, the British broadcast company BBC... Uh, Published an article. Um, It says, study. U.S. is an oligarchy, not a democracy. Now, this is something that I think the left, the right, the liberals, the conservatives can agree upon. The U.S. is dominated by a rich and powerful elite. So concludes a recent study by Princeton University professor Martin Gillens and Northwestern University prof Benjamin I. Page. That's not, this is not news, you say? Perhaps, but. The two professors have concluded, or conducted, pardon me, exhaustive research to try to present data-driven support for this conclusion. Here's how they explain it. This is the kind of gets technical talk here. A multivariate analysis indicates that economic elites... And organized groups representing business interests have substantial independent impacts on U.S. government policy, while average citizens and mass-based interest groups have little or no independent influence. In English... (laughs) so they break it down for you in plain English. The wealthy move, the wealthy few, pardon me, move policy while the average American has little power. The two professors come to this conclusion after reviewing answers to 1,779 survey questions asked between 1981 and 2002 on public policy issues. They broke the responses down by income level, then determined how often certain income levels and organized interest groups saw their policy preferences and acted. A proposed policy change with low support among economically elite Americans, one out of five in favor, is adopted about 18 percent of the time. They write, while a proposed change with high support, 4 out of 5 in favor, is adopted about 45 percent of the time. Now let me stop right there. I made some notes just off of things that I could think of and automatically what comes to mind right Uh, you could say okay Donald Trump was uh, one of the rich powerful elite but yet he did things that helped like regular people you know job creation um, closing off the southern border keeping us out of wars Now, let's see what's happening in the world today. You have, it's either Lloyd Austin or Austin Lloyd. We'll we'll call him Lloyd Austin, and if I'm wrong, you can correct me. But he's the Secretary of Defense. He was on the board of a company called Raytheon. Raytheon has recently had some big mergers, and they're now uh, an even bigger player in the defense and missile industry. We're getting a lot of news right now that there are uh, rocket attacks hitting American uh, bases, American soldiers, uh, buildings uh, with Americans in them, uh, and things of this nature. We see the Biden administration ramping up troops in Iraq and Afghanistan. Well, gee, we have a president who several members of his international policy defense uh, cabinet are connected to or have been connected to arms dealers, defense contractors, etc. What's happening? We're ramping up to go towards war. Okay. Okay. Let's look, let's be bipartisan here. We all remember Dick Cheney, right? He was the CEO of Halliburton. He didn't like the way the Gulf War ended in 1991. He was Secretary of Defense, and he got overridden, overrided, however you would say that, by Colin Powell. Cheney wanted to come up with a plan of how we were going to invade Iraq. And Colin Powell, who was the uh, chairman of the Joint Chiefs of Staff, the head of the military, said, whoa, Nelly, you, you're a civilian. I'm in charge of the military, bub. And so, you know, we had the, uh, the, the Powell Doctrine of uh, using an overwhelming force and we got to within a hundred miles of Baghdad, and we're in Powell and Norman Schwarzkopf, the general on the ground, were ready to um, take over Baghdad and oust Saddam Hussein back then. Um, but there was a, a thing called the Highway of Hell, where there were retreating Iraqi forces, and um, Schwarzkopf. Yes, Norman Schwarzkopf, not to be confused with Arnold Schwarzenegger, Norman Schwarzkopf, uh, and the United States said, "Uh uh-uh, you're not getting away so that you can regroup, because they thought we were going to take out Saddam and take over Baghdad back then. So they obliterated this column of Iraqi uh, vehicles that were in retreat, And then those images got out on the news, and then the news that was very favorable, the media that was favorable to the United States at the time, kind of said, hey, whoa, why did you kill a bunch of people that were in retreat? Well, it's war. But anyways, that's a whole other thing. Then we fast forward to 2003. We've run the Taliban out of Afghanistan for the most part. We accomplished the mission there, installed a puppet government, Um, not going real well because Afghanistan is its own unique country, and it's very tribal, but people like Dick Cheney and our government don't understand that. Skip that. We'll go to Iraq. Cheney had this bug up his ass towards Iraq. Cheney was the or the boss of a company called Halliburton. Halliburton got a ton of defense contracts without bid, okay? And his excuse was, well, it's the only company in the world big enough to pull off uh, the mission that we need. Now, our army did the fighting. Halliburton came in later and did uh, different things, but still... The players and the names change, but who calls the shots and the policy doesn't. You just all—all that's happened is you've gone from Halliburton's still an influential uh, company in U.S. policy. Uh, They're huge in the fracking and natural gas industry, Uh, but back then, you know, Halliburton and Dick Cheney uh, and other defense contractors that were in the Bush administration wanted war 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 all it's changed is you've gone from a company named Halliburton to a company named raytheon and we're gonna have war 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 see what i'm saying let me read some more from this article and then i'll go to more of my notes uh because there are other you know i don't want to demonize defense contractors um because then people can push my words and think that I'm damning the military and I'm not i I support our troops, but our military's job is to defend the United States, not babysit and police the world. Let restroke my strogy
1: <clears throat>
0: man it is a cold mofo. My cousins in Texas right now are getting screwed because Green Energy had a big lobby and got people to build these windmills, except in Texas they didn't buy the... uh, the cold air package, because they said, well, what's the, what are the odds of us being uh, below freezing in Texas? So their windmills are all frozen up now. They sold off the excess energy that was built or generated, and now they can't afford to buy the energy back. So half of the state of Texas is in a blackout or brownout. Lovely, huh? What Way to go, green energy. Um, On the other hand, it says, when a majority of citizens disagree with economic elites and or with organized interest, they generally lose, moreover because of the strong status quo built in the U.S. political system. Even when a fairly large, when fairly large majorities of Americans favor policy changes. Generally, they do not get it. For example, um, there were a lot of Americans that did not favor a single-payer health care system. And they it, that didn't happen. But we certainly did not favor the Obamacare bill that uh, Nancy Pelosi said, well, we have to pass it before you can see what's in it. Um... A lot of working people were like, man, I worked my butt off to get a job with benefits and insurance, and I started at the bottom, and now the government's taking away my health care. Okay, that's an example where the insurance industry was one of the biggest backers of the Obamacare bill, the Affordable Care Act bill. Okay? And it was set to fail... Um, I know a lot of insurance companies have backed off the insurance exchange now, uh, and a lot of doctors didn't accept insurance that you bought off of the exchange, but the fact of the matter is the politicians listened to the interest groups, not necessarily the people. Then you had the Republicans ride the coattails of these millions of Americans who wanted their own health care back and wanted the Affordable Care Act repealed. What happened? The Affordable Care Act did not get repealed. And it was not because of the people. I was part of the movement in 2010 that got these Republicans elected. I was part of the movement that we had Speaker John Boehner. He couldn't repeal and replace Obamacare because... Uh, president Obama was still president. Then we get President Trump. We get Speaker of the House. Um, Tim, no, not Tim Ryan. Paul Ryan. And Ryan Paul. I Paul, can't remember the names now. Paul Ryan. And he couldn't get the Affordable Care Act repealed and replaced. Okay. Okay. It, Trump forced him to get a, a Senate or a House of Representatives vote on it because he had the votes in the Senate to uh, repeal and replace, and the measure failed. Some Republicans jumped ship because the lobby and the interest groups that were in favor of the Affordable Care Act were more powerful than the people. And then uh, Paul Ryan was replaced by. ...by somebody else's Speaker of the House... ...and then the Democrats took the House back... ...because Republicans didn't do their jobs... ...and a lot of Republicans retired too... ...that was another reason... ...but anyway... ...another story... ...they con ...back to the article... ...they concluded... ...that... ...Americans do enjoy many features... ...central to Democratic governance... ...such as regular elections freedom of speech, which is under attack and may not exist much longer, an association and a widespread, if you still contested, franchise. But we believe that if policymaking is dominated by powerful business organizations and a small number of affluent Americans, then America's claim to being a democratic society Are seriously threatened. America's claims to being a democratic society are seriously threatened. Eric Zeus writing in Counterpunch isn't surprised by the survey's results. American democracy is a sham no matter how much it's pumped up by the oligarchs who run the country and who control the nation's news. That is correct. The news is controlled by a handful of wealthy elites. Uh, And this is a British person writing this. This isn't some right-wing Republican jargon. Okay. Um, He writes, "The the U.S., in other words, is basically similar to Russia or most other dubious electoral democratic countries. We aren't... We weren't formerly, but we clearly are now. Oh, so Eric Zeus might be uh, an American. My bad. This article's from the BBC. That's why I assumed he was British. Um, This is the Duh Report. Says Death and Taxes Magazine's Robin uh, Panacea. P-N-N-A-C-C-H-I-A. Maybe she writes... Americans should just accept their fate. Perhaps we ought to suck it up, admit we have a classist society, and do like England, where they have the House of Lords and the House of Commoners, she writes, instead of pretending as though we all have some kind of equal opportunity here. Um, She's a, a teensy bit confused, because in... England, the House of Commoners, is where the power is. The House of Commoners could pass a bill, at least this is how it was explained to me uh, by an international relations professor. They could write a bill and eliminate the House of Lords. They could pass a bill and eliminate the monarchy if they felt like it, uh, things like that. The House of, or The power in Parliament lies in the people's house that's why the queen is like a figurehead for the state you know just somebody that's out there for personal appearances and ceremonial things like royal weddings and the prime minister runs the day-to-day business of the country in England, but anyway, that's something else. I talked about national health care. Look at the old school way Washington, D.C. was run. Uh, For many, many years, the National Rifle Association and Big Tobacco were the most powerful interest groups in Washington, D.C. They controlled D.C., But all that's happened is they've been replaced by other interest groups. In fact, they haven't really been when it comes to big tobacco. They haven't been replaced by other interest groups. I've I've learned. I was reading something, and the biggest uh, lobby, or one of the biggest contributors to the anti-smoking thing, is uh, Philip Morris International. The maker of Marlboro cigarettes. Well Marlboro has started shifting. It's. um, It's business model. From tobacco to marijuana cigarettes. I've read in the past. But this article. Haley. No this ain't the time to play. Um, This article I read. Gets, I sum it up in a couple sentences from this article. Uh, it's from theconversation.com and the name of the article is Big Tobacco is Funding the Anti-Smoking Lobby. I'll give you the full name of the article in a second. Uh, this, these two paragraphs, but Big Tobacco's less scrupulous habits die hard. Documents also outline... PMI, that's Philip Morris International, PMI's intention to use the PR strategy of divide and rule, split the public health community by working with some organizations that promote harm reduction. PMI wants to find allies that cannot be ignored and amplify voices of harm reduction. Supporters versus prohibitionists. On e-cigarettes and other reduced-risk products, we have a great story to tell. There are divisions within the anti-tobacco movement that we that can be exploited. That this was evident at the recent conference. So, Philip Morris International has given ten million dollars over the next. I think it was 10 years, the article said, to anti-smoking ads. And what are they doing? Yeah, they're going towards smokeless tobacco. They're moving towards e-cigarettes, sometimes called vaping. But there are a lot of other forms of smokeless tobacco. There is, you know, there are the, uh, there's dip, you know, the tobacco that you're, she see a guy's walking around there looking out their hair talking like this. And then they put you a big blob of tobacco slobber on the ground. Uh, you know, there's that. Uh, there's a, um, nicotine, I saw what, nicotine strips that you put under your tongue and they dissolve over time and it gets you the, the nicotine rush, um, And, of course, you know, now in the United States, some states legalized every damn drug last election. Uh, Others, they're moving towards uh, the outright legalization of marijuana, Mary Jane. Um, So the big tobacco is just going to roll with the punches, you know. They're not going away. They're just changing their tune. But they're still one of the most powerful lobbies in Washington. Um, now, on the other hand, you have, you know, your NRA. Uh, they're essentially demonized and ridiculed uh, as being, you know, cop killers and and high school shooting uh advocates uh and they're trying to now do kind of like what big tobacco's done but they're having a little harder time of it and they're changing their tune from you know right to bear arms to no no we we're just advocating gun safety and you know some of these gun bills that you're going to see coming through congress uh in fact they do support a lot of um Legislation that encourages training, encourages more background checking, things of that nature. So the the names change, but the people that power the policy making don't, uh, or shut. Because it's always a ruling elite. Let me give you two more examples, and then I'll shut up. They shut down the Keystone XL pipeline, right? That was a big thing for Joe Biden. Got to shut this pipeline down. Even though it's a a safer, better way to transfer oil from uh, Alaska and Canada and the Arctic to the United States, down to the Gulf of Mexico and other places. But two pretty big important peeps in the world own big, big interest in railroads. The more you know, Warren Buffett owns a big chunk of railroad companies in these United States, and the biggest private owner of the Canadian National Railroad is a feller by the name of Bill Gates. So, the, our good old friend Earl Black Gold Texas Tea Oil It's not going to be transported on a pipeline now. But it's got to get from point A to point B somehow and trains are becoming more and more efficient to compete with uh, the the trucking industry, and so, you're still going to have that oil traveling, the world still runs on oil, our big fans that uh, are not creating energy right now in Texas, they have to be lubricated with oil, the rest of the world is still going to run on oil, so, who did we help by shutting down the Keystone XL Pipeline? The two biggest Democrat supporters, the two biggest liberal cause supporters, Gates and Buffett, who own huge amounts of stock uh, in train companies, the more you know. So, with that, I just found out that, uh, you know, my other love is wrestling. And I found out that the whole Nature Boy gimmick, which is originally Nature Boy Buddy Rogers, and then he uh, gifted that title to Ric Flair, and Nature Boy Buddy Landell tried to steal it from Flair. Uh, But the whole Nature Boy gimmick came from a Nat King Cole song, according to the wrestling thesaurus himself, Jim Cornette. So I will play you out with Nat King Cole's song Nature Boy.
1: There was a boy, a very strange, enchanted boy. They say he wandered very far, very far over land and sea. A little shy and sad of eye, but very wise was he and then one day a magic day he passed my way. And while we spoke of many things, fools and kings, this he said to me, the greatest thing you'll ever learn is just to lie.